Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Such a Fun Read, a podcast where we come together to read a book and chat about it like a book club. I am your resident reader, Cherie Lampley, and I'm very excited to be here with you today. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope you all are having a great day and a great week. I am very excited about this week's book. It combines two of my favorite things, reading and luxury goods. Except the luxury goods in this book are fake. At least most of them are. I knew this book would be right up my alley. And now let's not beat around the bush and let's just get into this week's read. The book chosen for this episode is Counterfeit by Kirsten Chen. It is a 2022 new release. I believe the second new release I've done for this podcast, the first being The Blood Trials. It is also a Reese's Book Club pick. I guess I enjoy reading some of those since the last episode included one as well. Now, the author, Kirsten Chen, has said that she started writing this book because she wanted to write a book that required no research, especially after writing a historical novel, Bury What We Cannot Take. And since she was already an expert in designer handbags, that would do. It was at first a joke, but after reading an article in the Washington Post about a counterfeit handbag scheme, she started writing counterfeit. So why did I choose this book? As I mentioned, I love luxury goods. From Chanel to Fendi to Louis Vuitton, I'm a big fan. I don't own a lot of pieces, but I can appreciate things from afar. As for counterfeit goods, I'll get to a small story about my experience with them later. I do not currently own any counterfeits. I do know of sites like DHgate, though. Do a YouTube search for DHgate, and you'll see a bunch of unboxings of goods that look like they come from a luxury fashion house. At least some of them. I also just watched a video where one of my favorite luxury YouTubers visited a shop that sold a bunch of counterfeits. I'll leave a link to that video in the show notes. It definitely reminded me of a scene in this book. And also the pre-loved luxury resale market has some of these counterfeit goods for sale. There are sites like The Real Real, Fashion File, and Rebag. A lot of the goods on these sites are indeed what they claim to be, but some of them are not. I'll link a video from 2019 also in the show notes from CNBC about The Real Real's issue with fakes. Now, there are other issues I have with the pre-loved market. The price of some of these items being way too close to retail price or even above it, even though some of these goods are used, but that isn't what this episode is for. Now, how do some of these brands distinguish themselves from the counterfeits? Places like Chanel and Louis Vuitton, they've gone to microchips in their bags instead of authenticity cards. That, of course, doesn't stop fakes from being created, but it does help the brand when someone tries to return one or brings one in for repairs. So the high-end luxury brands aren't the only ones that have to deal with counterfeits either. Coach and Longshop do as well. I did learn in the book that the Longshop La Pliage has replicas as well. I know this book is fiction, but as much as the author didn't want to do research on her next book, she definitely did. So these goods can be referred to as counterfeits, fakes, and replicas, interchangeable names pretty much. Some might try to refer to them as inspired by, especially on YouTube to get past the YouTube algorithm, but no. Inspired by is like a dupe. It is more of a bag that looks like one from a luxury brand, but doesn't have the luxury brand's name on it. 
Now, there are a lot of things to talk about with counterfeit goods, but I want to get into the book. And we'll end up talking more about them while discussing this book anyway. So right now, let's just get into it. And we'll start with the book summary. Money can't buy happiness, but it can buy a decent fake. Ava Wong has always played it safe. As a straight-laced, rule-abiding Chinese-American lawyer, with a successful surgeon as a husband, a young son, and a beautiful home, she's built the perfect life. But beneath this facade, Ava's world is crumbling. Her marriage is falling apart, her expensive law degree hasn't been used in years, and her toddler's tantrums are pushing her to the breaking point. Enter Winnie Fang, Ava's enigmatic college roommate from mainland China who abruptly dropped out under mysterious circumstances. Now, 20 years later, Winnie is looking to reconnect with her old friend. But the shy, awkward girl Ava once knew has been replaced with a confident woman of the world, dripping in luxury goods including a coveted Birkin in classic orange. The secret to her success? Winnie has developed an ingenious counterfeit scheme that involves importing near-exact replicas of luxury handbags, and now she needs someone with a U.S. passport to help manage her business. Someone who'd never be suspected of wrongdoing. Someone like Ava. But when their spectacular success is threatened and Winnie vanishes once again, Ava is left to face the consequences. Swift, surprising, and sharply comic, Counterfeit is a stylish and feminist caper with a strong point of view and an axe to grind. Peering behind the curtain of the upscale designer storefronts and the Chinese factories where luxury goods are produced, Kirsten Chen interrogates the myth of the model minority through two unforgettable women determined to demand more from life. That is a summary on the book jacket of my copy of this book. And now, let's chat about it. And there will be spoilers. Let's start with a list of the characters. We have Ava Wong, our first narrator. Winnie Fang, her college roommate. Olivier, Ollie for short, Ava's husband. Henry, Ava's son. Maria, Henry's nanny. Boss Mac, Winnie's business partner. Mandy Mack, Boss Mac's daughter, Kaiser Shi, Deputy Manager of Mac International, Carla and Joanne, Ava's friends, and the detective, Georgia Murphy. As usual during these episodes, there are other characters that pop up, and I'll name them when needed, but these are ones I want to name up front. When the novel starts, we don't realize it until a few pages in that Ava is speaking with the detective. That would be Georgia Murphy. Ava's telling her side of the story. So that means something happened. That means they got caught. So Ava mentions how when she saw Winnie after so many years, she looked differently than she had back in college. She's dressed in a silk blouse, patent Louboutins, and a Birkin 40 in classic orange. Is orange a popular color for the Birkin? Maybe it is, I'm just not aware of it. I'm not so well versed with Hermes as of yet. My dream handbag is a Chanel Classic Flap, medium, black, with gold hardware. And then my second dream handbag is also a Chanel Classic Flap, beige Claire, medium, gold hardware. Anyway, Winnie is in town and is hoping that Ava will talk with Ollie on doing a liver transplant for a friend of hers from China. 
Ollie is a transplant surgeon. The friend just happens to be Boss Mac, and he wanted the procedure to be done in the U.S. Later on, Boss Mac actually ends up donating a large sum of money, half a million dollars, to the hospital, seemingly trying to secure that transplant. One of the things that Winnie is able to do for Ava is help out with Henry. He cries a lot, has a lot of tantrums, and he doesn't speak yet. He's two, I believe. Winnie was able to end up calming him down by giving him a fur charm that was dangling from her Birkin. It was a Fendi fur charm worth 600 bucks, or at least it looked like a Fendi fur charm. Not sure if it turned out to be real or not. I'm guessing not. She ends up starting to spend more time with Ava when she's in town. One day, they go out to lunch. She also needs to make a return at Neiman Marcus, a Celine luggage tote. Come to find out, that bag is fake. Winnie's story is that her mother-in-law didn't like the color. She then inquires about a black one which the store doesn't have. I'm sure Winnie was aware of that. So instead of getting an exchange, she gets a full refund. What happened to the original bag she did happen to purchase there? That was sold on eBay. So here we learn of Winnie's business. She buys authentic luxury handbags and then returns replicas with some sort of story. And the authentic bag is sold on eBay. The replicas she has are one-to-ones. Apparently, these are the ones that are rather hard to distinguish between a real or a fake. Winnie also has thoughts about luxury goods. She says, Ever since the global conglomerates bought up the heritage designer brands, prices rise, and quality plummets. I laughed for a moment after reading that. You can do a search on YouTube and find a bunch of quality issue videos, whether they are Louis Vuitton or Chanel or Gucci or another brand. Some might be a bit nitpicky, but others are quite apparent. And the prices of these luxury goods? These brands have had price increase after price increase after price increase lately. I think I just heard that Chanel and Louis Vuitton are having another one soon as well. But these are luxury brands. Normal pricing is not something they will have. They are luxury goods after all, which are not necessities. Back to the book. Another thing Winnie says when Ava doesn't understand why people continue to buy, Winnie mentions Ava's Stanford degree and how she could have gone to a state school instead. She says, the point is their status symbols. A Harvard degree is not so different from a designer handbag. They both signal that you're part of the club. They open doors. So after Winnie makes her exchange, she admits to Ava that her Birkin isn't authentic and neither was the bag she just returned. She had told Ava earlier that she worked in handbag manufacturing. She just left at the part that she worked in the replica field. It is the assumption from us from reading that Ava isn't too happy about what Winnie did and she wants nothing to do with it. We then learn how Winnie got into this. Did I mention that she only spent a semester at Stanford when she was Ava's roommate? Well, there is a reason for that. There were rumors. There were wealthy Chinese students that got in trouble over others sitting for their SATs. They got expelled from their respective universities like Harvard, Yale, and MIT. When Winnie left school, people wondered if it was going to come out that she was also one of those wealthy students, but that wasn't the case. She was the one that sat for those SATs. She left so she wouldn't get found out. Winnie didn't have that great of relationship with her parents when she returned home. She claimed to have flunked out from Stanford, and her parents were embarrassed over that. 
She ended up attending university there, and then one weekend, she goes with her cousins on vacation, and that is when she meets Boss Mac. He owned one of the most highly regarded handbag manufacturing operations. He had contracts with luxury brands like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and Prada. Let's go back to the real world for a second. With these luxury brands, they usually stay where they are made. Some may say made in Italy or made in France, which are a lot of people's preference. Also, it could say made in the U.S. I don't believe you will see one that will say made in China. There is that stigma of sweatshops in China and whether or not it could be luxury if it is made there. But like the book points out, there are as many sweatshops in Italy as there are state-of-the-art facilities in China. On this vacation, Winnie's cousins had done some shopping and purchased counterfeit bags. After speaking with Boss Mac, he asked her what she purchased and she hadn't purchased anything. A bag is a bag is a bag is her response after showing him the bag she was carrying. It was a nylon bag she had purchased from Macy's on sale. Later on, Winnie ends up receiving a gift. A bag is a bag is a bag, but only a Birkin is a Birkin. Boss Mac said this to Winnie in his note when he gifted her a Birkin. Well, a one-to-one replica Birkin. So Winnie ended up moving back to the U.S. She had a few jobs while there, but ended up being strapped for cash at one point. She sold that Birkin boss Mac gave her to a pawn shop. She was able to pay her rent and had a bunch of money left over to start her new business venture. So Winnie started working with boss Mac. She was also a kindergarten teacher, but she had a little side hustle. She was opening credit cards from different department stores in various forms of her name. She went from Longchamp to Louis Vuitton and then the other luxury brands. She started hiring shoppers from around the country to work for her. She started to make a hundred grand in monthly revenue. That is just ridiculous. Boss Mac was helping her to find the quality goods, but when he got sick, he wasn't able to help as much and the quality of the bags lowered. Let's get back to Ava. She is a former lawyer that hated being one. Her marriage was falling apart. Her husband is barely at home. He gets an apartment in Palo Alto to be closer to work. And one day she decides she's going to take Henry to China to visit her family. She didn't tell Ali until after she purchased the tickets and it was too late to get a refund. He isn't happy about it and he ends up doing something I'm still pissed about. While in China, Ali removes Ava as an authorized user of his credit cards. And for their joint bank accounts, they both have to agree on purchases. I understand that you are upset that your wife didn't consult you before purchasing the tickets to go to China. And she's with family. But what if something were to happen where she was all on her own and needed money? I was just not a fan of him doing that. Then again, did he actually do that? I'm just saying. Ava was getting even more suspicious to me with her conversations with the detective. There was something off because with him doing that, she was coincidentally in China and able to go view the replica goods that Winnie needed to be looked at. Ava went to a shopping center, saw a bunch of different shops with replicas and signed off on the goods for Winnie. While there, she also purchased a replica Hermes Kelly. She was able to buy it with the money she made from working for Winnie that day. At the shopping center, there were different tiers of replica stores. Some had items stacked next to each other on shelves. Others, the high-end replica shops, had items showcased the way you would see them at the luxury boutiques. On her way home, Ava ends up wearing the Kelly at the airport. 
It's easier for her to use instead of having to deal with customs. And she apparently got a bunch of stares. Ollie does end up apologizing when she returns home, so she says, of course. Ava's first return was to Chanel. She was returning a Gabriel bag, which I'm curious about. I haven't shopped at Chanel yet, but from what I've heard, it is hard to get a refund. I could be wrong. Like I said, I haven't shopped there. Now, in the book, it seemed very easy for Ava to return her bag. The associate just accepted it. Ava's excuse was that it wasn't her style. The associate saw that she was carrying an Hermes Evelyn and agreed. The Evelyn she was carrying was actually Winnie's. Well, the replica Evelyn, that is. So Ava ended up accidentally leaving her phone and the associate had to run out of the store after her to return it. From Ava's point of view, we see her as scared that she might have been caught as the associate called after her. From Winnie's point of view later, we see that Ava left her phone on purpose to distract the associate from taking a really good look at the return bag. It ended up being her signature move. Ava kept telling the detective she was done with Winnie. She did it after seeing Winnie's first return, after helping her in China with the replicas, and then after returning the Gabriel bag to Chanel. Then Winnie helped Ava get her son Henry into a preschool, and of course Ava mentioned how she was just waiting for Winnie to collect on that debt. As much as Ava tried to let us believe she didn't want to work for Winnie, she continued. She also did the hiring for the shoppers. After a while, the annual revenue for this company was clearing $2 million. The excuse she made with her husband is that she was doing legal work for Winnie. Another thing about Ava, someone who apparently doesn't care about luxury goods, when she goes to have dinner with her friends, Carla and Joanne, one she hasn't hung out with in a while, she takes her Hermes Kelly with her. She mentioned how she took off her Rolex for fear of raising questions, but wouldn't the Kelly also raise questions? They do ask her about it and she admits it is a knockoff. I think she took it on purpose, as a bit of an advertisement for high-quality replicas. Her friends probably became their clients at some point, at least by selling them a replica. I don't know. It's just fishy she would take off the Rolex and yet still take the Kelly. Gossip about Winnie came up during this dinner. Ava admitted to being in contact with her. One of the friends mentioned how Winnie got her green card. She married her aunt's husband after her aunt passed away. They divorced later on, but that that's different. Then Ava informed us that Winnie threatened her. Well, threatened to tell Ollie about their business venture. And then Ollie started to question her about her job. Things weren't going so smoothly. Ava ends up taking a business trip to China, a business trip apparently Winnie forced her to take. She meets Kaiser Xi, the deputy manager of Mac International, the guy who ends up getting blamed for all of this. He takes her on a tour through the factories, and she notices the differences between the luxury brand side of the factories and the replica ones. She painted an awful picture of teenage girls working in heat and dealing with missing fingers. Later on during the trip, she goes to dinner or drinks with the businessmen and she is gifted a Crocodile Bergen 25. That bag was worth 40 grand and it was not a replica. Boss Max said, even if 99% of people can't tell the difference between a real and a super fake, we can. The night continues with the men doing what seemed to be shady business. So what happened to them? Everything seemed to be going well. Their business was booming and things seemed fine. Well, 
Louis Vuitton happened. The women that Ava and Winnie hired to be their shoppers were other Asians and Asian Americans, and one had returned a Louis Vuitton Clapton wallet. What happens to returns that aren't damaged? They get sold, of course. This wallet was then sold to a man on the business trip, and he gifted it to his wife. The problem is, this Clapton wallet was damaged. Winnie said the design flaw was on the part of Louis Vuitton and not on the factories. So what does the wife do? She takes it to Louis Vuitton, of course, to have it repaired. And in doing so, she finds out it is not an authentic Louis Vuitton piece. Her husband ends up calling Neiman Marcus, where he purchased the wallet. They got a full refund, and then things for Winnie and Ava start to unravel. Earlier, Winnie had mentioned to Ava after she returned the Chanel bag that she had an honest face, and with her being Asian-American, no one would ever suspect the thing. Well, they're Asian and Asian-American shoppers. They began to be racially profiled. One had tried to return a Bottega Veneta clutch. It was able to be returned because it was an excellent replica, but others weren't so lucky. Word spread about the fakes from different department stores, and they started to have stricter return policies. At once, Nordstrom would allow return of things people had knownly worn and had for years, and now they started inspecting bags. While reading, I just knew that Ava was going to turn on Winnie. There was a moment in the story where we learned that before Winnie left Stanford, she made an excuse that she was leaving because of her father's illness. Ava had offered for Winnie to use her Hamlet essay and turn it in. What if you got caught, Winnie had wondered. Ava said that she wouldn't get caught. She would just tell them Winnie stole it. So at that moment, I was thinking that Ava was turning on Winnie. That is what the conversations to the detective were about. Nope, that wasn't what was happening. They were turning on Boss Mac. There was a change in operations which could make Boss Mac and Kaiser Shi the ringleaders in all of this. Ali said that he could not recommend Boss Mac for the liver transplant, but they didn't tell him that. They got him into the U.S. and he ended up being detained at the airport. Ava ends up getting two years probation plus restitution of $500,000. Now, where was Winnie while Ava was being questioned? Ava kept telling the detective that she didn't know where Winnie was, which we know that was false. Winnie was laying low in China, waiting until it was safe for her to return to the U.S. And what was she doing during this time? Coming up with a new scheme, of course. She would no longer deal in handbags. She moved on to find jewelry. They would hire men to purchase and return engagement rings. So Ava was now divorced. Guess the part about her marriage was true after all. And she was supposed to not do anything else to risk her freedom. So characters I liked. Both of our main characters, Ava and Winnie. They intrigued me, especially when we really knew Ava was telling a tale. Or bending the truth a bit. She definitely wasn't as naive as she tried to make it seem. And if Ollie actually did what he did when Ava was in China, he is definitely on the dislike list. I wasn't really a fan of Carla and Joanne either, maybe because I was already liking Winnie and didn't appreciate them gossiping about her. So I'll tell you the story about my counterfeit experience. Many years ago, in the 2000s, I was at a flea market and I saw a Louis Vuitton Speedy, well, a replica Speedy. It was in the monogram print. I don't really remember how much it cost, possibly 25 bucks, but I bought it. It is the only counterfeit item I've ever purchased. It felt cheap, and I remember only wearing it one time. 
I think mostly because it had the monogram all over it. I'm not sure how often I would have worn it if I had gotten it in Damier Bean. Some of it, though, was because I knew it wasn't real and I didn't like carrying it. I also had like a Chanel classic flap dupe that I got from Forever 21 years ago. I have no idea where that bag is. I probably donated it or got rid of it, but I used to carry that bag all the time. Well, that'll do it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Such a Fun Read. I really hope you enjoyed today's read. I'd love to know your thoughts. You can find me on our website, suchafunread.com, or on Twitter and Instagram at suchafunread. You can also send me an email to hello at suchafunread.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next week.